All right. Hey, guys. Welcome back to uh, another episode of Anime House. And uh, this one is a little different. Normally, we wait actually a good amount of time before we do a episode on an anime. But um, we're doing an episode on an anime that actually just finished this last week. We're going to do uh, Shadow's House. So I'm pretty hyped for it. I think I would like to do at least review one seasonal anime or try to start a trend like that, right? I'd be down, honestly. That's pretty fun. And, like, you just finished watching it, so it's like it's like you have recency bias, but it's, like, not a bad thing <laughs> in this case. I, I'd vibe with it. I think it's a good idea. Today is Shadow House, by the way. Yes, sir. The House of Shadows. Uh, kill. can you start it up while I look up Shadow House on the Wikipedia? <laughs> yeah, sure. I'll start with the premise, and then I think we'll go from there. So the premise of Shadow's House, kind of unique, actually. Very unique. And I know we say that in a lot of shows, but I think Shadows House specifically has a lot of like nods towards like the Promised Neverland, where the premise is you follow these two characters to start, Amelico and Kate, and you see their kind of relationship kind of grow in the first three episodes, and then you continue to see what happens in the shadows in the manor. There's about two different arcs in the first season. I want no three, three different arcs in the first season. And so there's a lot of different things that happen and you kind of see how the relationship kind of grows and changes. You see all these sorts of stuff revealed and it's really shocking. Before we continue, I do want to say that there will be spoilers involved in this episode because we just finished watching it. Um, we're really hoping that you guys watch it as well. So please, if you haven't watched it already, please, please, please do. If you have, or if you watched it, please stay. Like we'd love to have you. Or if you don't care about spoilers, we'd also love to have you here regardless of what happens. So. As long as you're here and you're enjoying it. Uh, it's published by Weekly Young Junk, which is pretty cool because they have a lot of great stuff in the stuff uh, in the repertoire. It's so it's from, it's from Shueisha, same company as Shonen Jump. You usually get some more adult-oriented things, right? Like Tokyo Ghoul, which I know Nikhil, you finished reading. Is that correct? Oh my god, I have 20 more chapters left. <laughs> I need to finish. I need to finish. Um. But there's a couple of things like Kaguya, Kingdom, Golden Kamoi, Shadow House, of course. Liar Game, yes. which I read back in high school. I think it's one of it's a great psychological game. A psychological genre situation. Um, death matches. Oh, I like I like it. It's more mature things in there, so it's that's that's a good start. And if you're interested in what the setting might be for Shadow House, you know, it's got that whole gothic uh aesthetic going for twentieth century, these um Yeah, I think like twenty I feel like I think like eighteen hundreds England. I think it's a really good way. That that was like that's like my, my perception of it. Yeah, yeah. You have you have coal industrial age, definitely the yeah. industrial age, gothic. It, yeah, it's older than twentieth century. You're right, probably nineteen, around there. So for sure, it's it's around there. So there's like um there's a notion that information isn't very well spread around, which it goes back into some of the themes about with Shadowhouse, this idea of manipulation and what it means to just control people in general uh another cool thing about it which is very super high spoilers i like the i guess okay shadow house um shadows pretend to be nobility like actual shadows that that's kind of sort of the premise right yeah and like like it's weird because um Okay, I I did give a spoiler a spoiler warning at, early on, so I think I I kind of it's it's important to go into this. Please watch it. And this is where yeah, please watch it. <laughs> please support Cloverworks. They have some really good anime. Um, and I will get into the studio in a minute. Before I get into the studio, I do want to mention that there are some really interesting comparisons to Promised Neverland in the fact that the people, the dolls, quote unquote, they're abducting are human. And in the Promised Neverland, the children they're abducting are humans that live outside of these monster-like worlds, right? These children are being abducted, and they don't know why they're being abducted. But they become essentially bodies for these shadows. I think it's a very, very cool premise. Yeah. And I think the idea of like using kids specifically is very interesting. And we saw this with Promised Neverland as well, um, the use of children. I think the use of children is so important both in Shadow's House and Promised Neverland. Because it portrays a sense of innocence and the, a sense of like endearment that you can't really find like adults or teenagers for that matter, to be honest. That's what I think Shadow's House does really well um, by using kids specifically. It, it sounds a little dark. Yes, they, they are quite literally abducting children, 
but it is not that dark i promise you for those who are haven't watched it or like are just listening for those who have watched it you know what i'm talking about it's not gory we can say that it is not at all it is it's it's actually very endearing it's super sweet so i i think it's very wholesome yeah it's a bit of psychological not may thriller a bit of it you know it's a mystery because it's, it's, right? it's more of a mystery yeah it's more of a mystery it has that aspect that you if you remember season one of promise lover like you you want to figure out what is going on with the universe and that's kind of like in shadow house you want to yes. because it's it's set up in our universe right kind of you know with the suspense of disbelief so you want to figure out what are these shadows that'll because you know your shadow in, inherently is a silhouette of yourself right so it, it yes. looks very much like you so the fact that there's a human, but in this case, it's a living doll. And then they are kind of, um, uh, what's it, servants? Yeah, they're servants to their shadow, which is to them nobility. So they, you know, they care very deeply about their shadow because that's how, how, that's how they were taught, right? They mm-hmm. do what they can. Then the sooth mechanic involved with shadows with this dark kind of murky, uh, it looks like coffee kind of, right? Mm-hmm. Sooth involved. It's a bunch of like different pieces that are splattered around the first couple. I think four of three episodes, four episodes up until the. So like Nikhil mentioned, there's kind of you can kind of fit three, or you can condense the first season, the first thirteen episodes into three arcs. The initial one through four chapters, you have the introduction of the living dolls, the shadows, and then there's this whole looming awareness that there's this thing called a debut. Which is the moment where adolescents become or are considered as adults. They just have to pass something, right? We don't know what the something is. And that's where the second part of Shadow House, which is where a good majority of the um, entertaining entertainment comes, where, when it comes like, you know, when you have these different rising nobility, right? The, the five pairs of children and living dolls and their shadows, and how they have to go through this test and see if they can make it to be adults and like, what it means to go through these exams and who's looking at them, who's trying to get them to fail. What what does it mean for them to fail? What does it mean for them to pass? And then part three involves with the repercussions of what of some characters involved in, in the second arc, but with the debut arc and how their desires contrast desires of you know our main leads, right? Um, Emilico and Kate. And yeah, yeah. So I think that's a good. You know, it's, it has the gothic kind of industrial era situation, this old timey England uh, nobility, very, very clean, like uh, off with their heads kind of look. Yeah. And a lot of similarities with uh... Promise Neverland. So, one thing I want to get into before we kind of continue talking about like Cloverworks and Promise Neverland and the comparisons of that, um, and more into Shadow's House itself, I will say that. I want to start with the ending really quickly. The ending I thought was really solid. A lot of people really mixed about it, especially the people who read the manga. Really? And I will say, um, unfortunately, they actually skipped quite a few of the arcs in the manga, in the anime. And as oh. such, there's a lot of doubt within the anime community at the moment, especially for Shadow's House specifically, whether there will be a season two, because it's just such a huge writing gap. To the point where there's no real way of telling whether they can actually wrap up the story. And there's so much to explore still. We were literally left on a cliffhanger. So obviously we want more. But the fact that they skipped so much in the manga. It kind of. It makes it very confusing. To know whether there is going to be a a second season. And kind of tying it in with Promise Neverland. I mean, I'm sorry to Cloverworks, but they've had a history with buttering uh, second seasons, and we kind of we kind of saw that with uh, Promise Neverland, where there was a huge just like they skipped all these arcs and they just chose to focus on certain things. The issue with the ending of, of Shadow's House, from what I can understand, is it followed in a similar fashion. So a second season is actually very doubtful, or it's up in the air at the moment, which is really sad, and that it's why like I actually plan to continue reading it. And I'm going to read and finish it because I unfortunately, like, I want to know what happens and the arcs that were skipped. Yeah, you know, that's crazy because I, yeah. me and you, we both watched it, right? And I felt like it was a yeah. one-to-one. These, the events from the debut arc followed very well what happened next. So I'm, I'm very curious. Yeah. 
what was skipped out. I think what was skipped out, it, it's that mystery aspect that the author, um, Somato, whatever, I'm not too sure that's the rest of the name, but there must have been a lot of foreshadowing involved with Shadow House. And the fact that it's not there, or most likely was missed, yeah. is very disappointing because that's some of the things I really enjoyed about it. I mean, that's one of the huge things that me and you both like a lot about what, you know, Oda does in his magnum opus One Piece. Yeah. But, I, yeah, I mean, the last three episodes were literally an anime original, basically. They weren't taken from the manga No way. And, I think um, they felt good. They felt they felt good. That that's what that's what really gives me hope. And I think they were still okay. I know a lot of people complained about it. It went too quick though, for sure. I felt like it it, it was quick, and you didn't really un- like it was very fast paced, and you didn't quite understand exactly what was happening. But then it left you with so many questions, and you're like, there has to be more to this. And so I do hope that if there's a second season, I mean, I hope it doesn't go Promise Neverland season two. Okay. <laughs> I know I mentioned this before we started the podcast. Uh, at the end of the debut arc, at episode 10, right? The It felt like it was a good conclusion for the season. It's funny because that is where they stopped deviating. Uh, they, they deviated from the manga completely. And then they just made it an anime original after that's that. Crazy. Oh, that's crazy. All that's telling me is that the author is really good at storytelling. Because <laughs> yeah. that cliffhanger at episode 10, where we pretty much get info dumped of what a shadow is is really interesting and it goes back to the fact that what makes it unique right it's yeah okay, so effectively uh that's a spoiler spoiler uh the shadows are <laughs> a parasitic creature and they need a host and eventually they take over their human counterpart and completely engulf them which is what happens to we've seen it it's possible right think parasite but not as bloody yeah <laughs> not at all yeah <laughs> it's cool it's really cool stuff and Episode 10 was a great finish for the... Honestly, they should have just done that. Just 10 episodes and said, call it quits. I don't think anyone would have complained. Mm-hmm. I think 10 episodes and finishing right there where it would... It fits a traditional Western notion of how a season finale should feel. If you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah. Super exciting. Leaves so many questions for what's to come and what it means for the entire group in general. It really does. Because it was spooky when we learned about what the shadows are. Yeah, it was like, it, it wasn't scary per se. It was like, whoa, like, it's not what you kind of expected. Even going into this fresh, right? And like, you, let's say you never watched Promise Neverland or you never like, you never like knew about this kind of series. Going into a fresh, it was like, re- it's really unexpected. But even knowing, like, I had a good feeling I knew what was going to happen. Even then, like, it was still somewhat unexpected. And so like, Really, it it was fundamentally a very like well thought out kind of thing, and so I don't know. I will read it too. I might even buy it. Because why not? I will most likely read it. Um, if they have the entire thing on Amazon, I will just buy it. <laughs> um, but I think that I, I'll check for a box set later. It's not. Not too much of a issue, but um, all in all, that, that it's something I, I did really want to mention because I think when we, as as we kind of discuss this show, it's important to keep in mind that the first like ten or so episodes are pretty much one to one from the manga, and then after that, it's not from the manga at all. Kind of hoping for a season two is very up in the air. As much yeah. as I want to hope for a season two, it realistically may or may not happen. I do have to admit what's kind of cool about what they did with the next three episodes is that in retrospect, events did happen, right? And there was one thing that was really, two things that were important in in those episodes besides the development of the friendship between the five, or not the five, but the four pairs now because, you know, what happened to one of them? And I guess the fifth, no, the fifth one too, because they're also involved, right? The fifth um, nobility and the doll. Yeah. With those three episodes, it's that there's tension between some of the adults, right? Edward, which was the guy, the shadow who was taking care of the debut and yeah. the, the whole events around there. But what happened during those three episodes was, yes, he got mad and he wanted to pretty much rat out Kate because Kate doesn't like the situation that the humans find themselves in, which is really sympathetic. A parasite on, which understands what is going on with their humans decides, hey, what we're doing, it's kind of messed up. They are 
they should have their own autonomy. But if you take it from after the debut, everything that happened was went back to square one, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So they could keep going. It's just going to be weird. It's, it's only going to be weird because it's going to feel like filler. Because yes. grandfather gave him a second shot, and that was it. And it might even be consistent with, with grandfather's um, grandfather being the person who's the head of the nobility, and it's pretty much a parasite itself. They, I don't think they even have a host. They're just a living parasite. Yeah. Um, he gave Edward a second shot, so Edward's still in the picture. He's still going to do the same thing, and there's the third house nobility, which he wants to rise up to the third level, which is the highest level to help grandfather. They still don't like him, and they always just didn't like him to begin with, right? Because they know he just wants mm-hmm. to rise up in power. And Grandfather, I believe his character is still consistently written, right? He wants to see the full potential of his species, um, Shadows in general. We know, we know nothing about the origin of the Shadows and Grandfather. And that's something I wanted to point out. And, like, I mean, obviously, as we read the manga, both you and me, Francisco, I think we'll obviously learn more about it. But I really hope they adapt this. Because it would be very interesting to see, like, how it's kind of adapted and how it's shown. I think Cloverworks might learn from that lesson, but I also feel it feels weird because they could have stopped at episode ten, saved money, and that's they really it. could have. They really just, could have. I don't, I don't know. Well, I... they didn't do bad with the things they added because it goes back to square one. But in retrospect, because when I was watching it, was, it was exciting. It was cool seeing the things. There was like the two things that I mentioned was that Shirdy is involved and she still has her shadow somehow, which is cool, even though the mm-hmm. shadow, you know, disintegrated. Yeah, Which, she's still like a the pinky. She's at the pinky. Yep, yep. The sh- that was a very emotional moment. That was a dope callback. I was like, oh, that's so sweet. It is. Sweet. It goes back, and oh, there's a lot of things we can mention, right? The fact that what's her name? Rum, right? Rum is the living doll, and then her shadow was Shirley. The fact that Shirley disintegrated mm-hmm. and started walking slowly when they were reaching the debut hall. It was alluded to that Edward said that you know they just she just got weak, right? But we don't yeah. really know what what Shirley was thinking. If anything, Shirley might have felt that they don't want to effectively... Because what happens is that the shadows, the parasites, completely take over the body, right? And then yeah. Rome doesn't exist anymore. If like Their conscience is gone. And most of these shadows, for this debut, they have a... Parasite. So one of the things about parasites is they have parasitic, negative, um, symbiotic nature, and then neutral nature. And it seems that the author has taken a lot of inspiration from ecology in general. And mm-hmm. for this race, I guess the, the one the, the group of five that we see right here, they have a more of a symbiotic relationship, right? They're, it's a positive-positive situation, similar to how the hippos and then a particular bird cleans their teeth. They, the bird itself gets to you know feed off the leftovers from the hippo, and the hippo gets teeth clean. So it's effectively a parasite, the bird, by definition, but they both benefit out of this. Mm-hmm. The shadows, the ones that we're familiar with, is a positive relationship for the shadows themselves, but a negative one for their hosts, right? But the new wave of um, of shadows, they're going. It seems that they might have a positive, positive situ- like relationship, which is something that the grandfather might might acknowledge that is the next it's the next step for shadows themselves. So yeah. I really like it. It goes. It it has a lot of. Well, a lot of things in similarity in concept with um, our universe, with parasites in general. And I, mm-hmm. like, I like things that with ecology, where the people take inspiration from real life. For example, the, the Chimera Emmerich from Togashi. Yeah. Good stuff. I love it for that. It, it takes the competitive exclusion principle and it makes, a, it makes a case study for it. It says, what would happen if there was a species that occupied the same niche as, as humans? Right. The logical conclusion, as far as we're familiar, is that one of them would either have to get driven to extin- extinction or have to adapt and pretty much move out of their niche so that they yeah. don't compete anymore. And that's really interesting stuff for me. And I am a big fan of Shadowhouse and what it can what can happen. And I'll forever be confused on why they didn't stop at 10 episodes and save money. <laughs> but that's besides the yeah. I, I I do I love the fact that the, I'm going back to your point about um, parasites. I, I I love the fact that they use shadows to kind of represent that because everyone has a shadow. The idea of a shadow is super like prevalent. I mean, in everyone's lives, in mythology, like in everything, right? Shadows were seen as like something bad, evil, or whatever. And so to see like a good shadow in Kate, good being subjective, of course, 
a shadow with the idea of like freedom, I think is kind of interesting. I I really like the fact that they use shadows, the way they represent shadows, and then they use suit to kind of like help bolster like shadow powers. Uh, I thought it was really interesting. I think it's very creative and like it made it a lot more um, fun to watch to some extent too. I really enjoyed that aspect of it and the especially the shadows of course and like i think one of the most beautiful things and i think the thing i actually like the most is you can never see their face expression and i think in anime as a medium and this is why i think shadow house is so unique amongst i know i say unique a lot in, in like a lot of our episodes but shadows house specifically is i think different is the best way to put it is because i think anime in general is very expressive focused yeah, you got the smug faces and all that kind of different things that you can Not just meme. that. In Clover Works, and if you see all their works, right? They have what? Hori Maya, they have Bunny Girl Sampai, they have Promised Neverland. Those are the three big ones. And then in them... Hey, they also have... Um, don't they have... Uh, what's it called? Wondering Priority? <laughs> they have Wondering Priority, aka one of my favorites. <laughs> Terrible ending. Um, that's a whole <laughs> other story for another time. But... W- they're in all of those anime they're so 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 expressive like their facial expressions i think anime in general is very dictated by facial expression and that's what really makes me makes anime anime right i can't say like avatar last airbender is an anime well objectively it is not but subjectively i can't even say that because like the facial expressions and the way they're drawn out are just so different and shadow's house I think what makes it very different is the fact that you cannot see their facial expressions. You can't see their face at all. That gives the audience an imaginary kind of perception of what they could be like. Obviously, we see that they're dolls. After some time, I kind of connected that like the dolls are supposed to look like them. But at the same time, then you see like Kate and Emiliko, and like their personalities are like not similar. The dolls are also referred to as their faces. So that's their faces, right? Yeah. But then like this is what I love. Kate and Emiliko are direct, they're basically against that, right? Kate has, like, on numerous occasions said, like, like Emiliko is her own person, and I am my own self. Like, we are two independent entities. And then she makes it a point when she says, I don't remember if you remember, episode 10, I think it was, actually, where um, Kate, or Emiliko started crying when she realized she was human. And I think that, I think that was, that was episode 10. I think that was a really good episode too, because like I think it was it was where you finally drew that distinction of the two and you kind of realized you can't see their face, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're not like expressionless. And so I thought that was really unique. And that's why I think that Shadow's house in general is very interesting because like the idea of shadows not having expression, where in anime, I think expression is so fundamental. It's so interesting to theorize think in your head what would her expression kind of be like in this scenario i think it's great because that's not only the audience but also the dolls themselves that need to figure out how their masters are feeling at the moment that's effective that is their number one priority is to reflect them as accurately as they can they're meant to just be a host (laughs) i mean what it's what they are right i mean rum had a problem with that right or not rum um rum yeah yeah rum because shirley failed to make it to stage two of the of the organism lifespan which is where yeah. the shadow develops a personality of their of their own yeah exactly it fails but at the same time you know during the debut shirley did develop a personality uh and to we don't know what shirley was thinking shirley being the shadow of rum because like i mentioned i think it's eluded that Shirley did not want to well, kill Rom because they care. She cares very deeply for Rom. Mm-hmm. At least that's the, that's that's what I was getting off them because guaranteed they could have made it. They could have passed the um the debut, but Edward, which is the main antagonist of the um, first season, speculates that Shirley was just getting weaker because Shirley was just going to disintegrate as it happens when people do not fully or when Shadow do not reach the second stage completely, but. 
I, I, I'm, I lean towards believing that Shirley did reach a second stage. And once they got a personality and because she understood what's going to happen in the future, she slowed down and she just decided I'm going to live in the moment and I'm going to be here with rum. It was a very powerful moment. Uh, honestly, I, cause we saw rum themselves feeling that they were failures as their, as a servant throughout mm-hmm. the debut arc and seeing this moment where we probably realized that Shirley did this for rum, but rum feeling that she failed. Shirley, it's, it's 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 insane. I loved it a lot. Thought it was great. Yeah, I think it's really good. I agree. Yeah. Um, we can talk about the ED. The ED is pretty sick, and then I guess we can talk uh, about the ED. I love the ED. <laughs> I love the ED. Um, Renoa. Is that the is that the artist? Yep. I I like a lot of Renoa's stuff. She has done. I think she's done stuff. I don't. I don't. She's done stuff for so many different anime. Yeah, we can look it up. I. I forget. I love her stuff. Um, she did Anima, which is a really, really famous one. Oh, is that, that from I think um, everyone knows? Sao, right? Yeah, it's from Sao. Which uh, one? Which one? I forget. Is that the first one, or is that the one from Alicization? I thought it was from Alicization, but play it. I can pretty sure it is actually from Alicization. It came out in twenty twenty. Yeah, then it has to be. And then she did this one, which is uh, which also blew up. Uh, I think she's the really one, good. The one from Shadowhouse, yeah. Yeah, the one from Shadowhouse. She it's has original. One, like, she has like it is original. She has a lot of singles. I like the fact that as an artist, they contact her, and then probably she was what to help other people. She probably reads the actual source material, and then she decides the themes involved the source material, and then she just does a song about it right because the ed has a lot to do about shadows what it means it's secret kind of ominous situation do 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 i don't know i read the lyrics and it's pretty it's just it's described as showing kind of like it's like um i don't know if you guys are familiar or you're familiar francisco um one of my favorite i think my favorite japanese artist right now is yasabi um i love all of her stuff like all of it i think it's all fantastic and she did that for B stars for the opening oh of the ED for the B stars. And what they did was they would give her the material, and it's very clear she's read it. Because then you read the lyrics and you're like, "Wow, <laughs> it's very evident that she read it." In fact, um, if I pull up the um, ED, which I have on one of my playlists, um, oh, I read all of B stars. <laughs> I need to I need to read B stars, but. Um, if you if you look at um some of the uh, playlists like covers, they're quite literally from B stars. I think it's so sick. But I'm a big Yasabi fan, so I can go on and on about this. But yeah, I think Renoa does something similar. So I like the ED a lot. I think it's really good. Yeah. In general, though, I think she kills it. Her voice is really good, so it's addicting to listen to. Good talent. Singers are phenomenal. I big big fan. If anyone's out there curious, you can become a singer. It's a muscle. You can train that and you can get good at it. There's no such thing as a bad voice. Yeah, I've 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 been told by people in choir when I said I can't sing, they're like, no, you can. You just don't know how to use it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, Which is great, right? It's it's cool. You don't have to be born natural talent. Of course, there's this whole notion of what does it mean to be talent, right? There's some people who subscribe to the fact that talent is just an innate love for something, right? Because self-determination theory if anyone's familiar with that like it's a theory about motivation and how people and what motivate someone to do something and effectively learn right it goes into three um, categories being autonomy relatedness which is like social activity and then the last one is competence so if you can hit all three of those it makes learning a lot easier which is why playing video games is really good for kids or not good but it's really difficult for in a like a parent to get a kid to do homework when they could just play video games because it hits all three of those things for motivation. Mm-hmm. If you want to sing, just try it out. Maybe one day you'll be singing an amazing ED and we'll be talking about how amazing you are. <laughs> <laughs> we can only hope. We can only hope. I do want to mention one thing. Um, it's cool that the ED, and it's something that I noticed right at the end because I got really used to hearing the crash of the, um, of the, of the cup, right? On the floor, yes. and it's so it's so cool that at the end it's Kate and Emilico who crash a teacup, right? And that's supposed yes, to represent the fact I like that, that. And it's and they and the and the thing that Emilico, I, I think it's Emilico. It's like they say for the Shadow House family instead of for the Shadow House. 
Yeah, I like There's that. Slight so much. irony involved in that because one, Emilico is one hundred percent loyal to Kate, not Shadowhouse. So yeah. whatever Kate wants to do, Emilico will follow without a doubt. But two, I think it's just Shadowhouse family makes it sound like it goes in line with what Emilico values most. Mm-hmm. While also serving, you know, juxtaposing versus how it's usually said to represent for uh, social class, right? For separation of people. Um, yeah. And the fact that she, she uses family, which is some um, very nuclear type organization, or not organization, but just group of people, which when you think of love, you think of family. It's, uh, it's it, it makes a good juxtaposition between the two opposing sides and the two opposing forces within the entire series, which is yeah. Enrico and Kate, plus, you know, the four others and how they represent a family versus Shadowhouse and what they think nobility should be like and what power is, which is crazy. And I love how they just have a, and it's crazy how it starts because it's so simple. It's just crash of a teacup, which, you know, Fine China, right? It's high class stuff, and it they're because they're making their wave. They're mm-hmm. very excited to see what they do. Actually, speaking on that ending, um, after that, it it zooms out, right? And then you see a like the train going around in like yeah. a snow globe. And they're all in a snow globe, but then you see the shadows house like right behind it. That was really cool. That was good foreshadowing too. And that's why I'm really hoping for a second season, even though it may or may not get one, because. <laughs> It's possible because they can pretty much just ignore the, the three episodes, right? And everything so should be that's, fine. That's the problem. Like, can they? Because, like, again, Clo- the, the the biggest issue with Cloverworks and my issue with Cloverworks is that we see with the special One Direct Clarity special, I that was horrendous. It was down terrible. I don't know what they were doing with that. That just brought up more questions than it actually resolved. And I do want to clarify, I think Wonder Egg Priority is in my, it's in my personal top five. I love that show that much. They just beyond flood that ending. Like, I don't know why. And then you see this was Promised Neverland season two as well, where they flubbed the season two for that specifically. My faith in Clover works for them to make a really good season two is very low. The bar is literally in like, like. Negative category. Okay. It's, it's. As as the saying goes, it's in Christian hell. Like it's pretty bad. So like, so they make so low. much good stuff. They get and so they many do. good IPs, and they That's do well. So they do. So like Hori Mia and Bunny Girl Senpai were perfect one season animes. Like they like they they were so good. Like one season straight shot, they were done. They didn't need another season. What are they doing? I really liked it, and. If they're going to continue Shadow's House, like I really would have loved to see more of a, more of I don't know, like faithfulness. I'm like you didn't need to add the last few episodes, but again, that's that might just be me, me being like super nitpicky. But with the history of how the the studio has handled some of the stuff, it, it's just it's very touch and go. And so, um, oh, this is the thing. This is something that also did Darling the Franks. So like. I mean, they, there was a duo, duo studio for that one, actually. But yeah, but they were involved with that. They were involved with that. And so, like, <sighs> I don't know. I I really, I am really praying that the, the next season is going to be good. I really enjoyed it, though. It was one of those shows really looking forward to every week, um, every Saturday to watch. And overall, like, the show was really good. For a minute, like I didn't, I don't. We we talked about the analyzation stuff and the shadows and what they represent and all that, but we didn't even talk about the um, the aesthetics. I think of the show itself. The show is really aesthetically pleasing. I don't know how to describe it, but like it, it's very. I felt very content watching it. <laughs> as weird as that sounds, it like, wasn't anything crazy like. For example, I mean, Wonder Egg, right? I mean, it's difficult to get to the. It was. To that it was level. no like Wonder Egg or Violet Evergarden or some like elite anime. It was no Kyo Annie. Like it wasn't no like elite animation, but like it was just like aesthetically pleasing. Like it was good. Yeah, the setting itself actually helped a bit. I, I feel I'm a good amount for let's be honest. Gothic, you don't yeah. see that a lot. Gothic is, is a Gothic anime I can think about. I I enjoyed that aspect. I think it just added to it too of like why it was like very, very visually appealing. And something I wanted to point out was like the shadows and suit are all black, right? But then That's the way cool. they contrasted that with 
really bright tones in a very dark setting. That's really cool. Again, very, very, very hard to do. So, I mean, kudos to them. Honestly, kudos to the animators. Like, they they animated the hell out of this show. Like, animators. We have to give respect to the animators. They are in an awful work condition. They, oh my God. Always, so always without a doubt. Um, they so slave away for our enjoyment. And <laughs> fortunately, it's going to get to a point where we are going to be lucky enough that we have just, you know, disposable income soon. And I yes. can finally give back to, you know, what's brought me so much joy. Which is yeah. great. Yeah. So. so I mean, definitely support their work, please. Yeah, <laughs> please. for sure. I'm, I'm. That's why I'm, I'm trying to buy like manga, and I'm trying to. I know I, I try. I've been trying not to watch anime uh, illegally, just because um I do want to support their work as much as possible because I I think it's worth it. Yeah, it's, um, it's not much, of course, but it's something. But right? you know, it's something exactly. Like I don't feel guilty about not doing it. I I feel like at least if, even if it's a cent, it's a cent I'm contributing. So it's worth. Yeah, I think you're doing a good job when it comes to manga. Manga direct goes pretty much for the author. Um, for example. Yes, I've I've been very adamant about just buying the volumes directly from the author itself. So, for example, um, for those of you who may not, I, I don't know if I mentioned it earlier, but um, I recently started buying copies of Monster, and I'm very adamant about owning the entire thing. So I've actually gone to um, the creator's like file, and like I've been buying stuff directly from it. But the issue is, I mean, if you guys can email us animehubstudio@gmail.com, if you guys have any leads on books six and nine from Monster, I would really appreciate it because they're really expensive. So I'm trying to get it for like twenty bucks, ideally. Right, like MSRP. <laughs> yeah, like right MSRP right now for both of them is around sixty. It's hovering around sixty dollars each. So I'm trying to get them for twenty each, if possible. But I think it's well, because there's none of them that are being produced by a publisher. It's only like yeah, from people. Right? There, people there's a limited are... amount. Of, there's a limited amount of copies, and they had a rerun of where they did omnibuses, which is um... what I got. And then after that, they stopped printing Monster, and so that's why it's very hard to get right now, or in general. And so it's it's actually for those of you who are listening, I know I'm going on a little bit of side tangent. I know this episode on Shadow, so I'm gonna get back to it. Um, for those of you who are interested and want like copies of manga that actually will hold their value over time, Monster is literally the perfect one because it's probably not gonna get printed for a really, really long time, if ever again. So I'd recommend getting copies while you can and while they're still like decently cheap. Like each copy goes for 20 bucks, and yes, that is steep. But I think it's worth it because it's something that will last for a long time, and it's something it's considered one of the greatest manga of all time. Like I, I, for me personally, I think it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, only of course if you have disposable income. If money is tight, do not worry about it. You can read it online. Yeah, actually, <laughs> I was curious to see if Amazon had a Shadow House, uh, like Volume One. Yeah. Can, I don't know. Yeah, I will. I'll look into it later and. If if Amazon doesn't have it, I'm sure a smaller retail place will have it. I'm actually, I'm I myself am heading to um, New York in a month, and they have some really good shops there. So I was actually gonna go check them out, and see if they had anything I wanted. I there's eight volumes of this this stuff. Doro Hedoro. That's I see. That's at the bottom. Um, I read that one. Really good stuff. Okay, okay. Back to Shadowhouse. So definitely, I feel that there's a lot of a lot of things we haven't gotten around to talking about the Shadow this. That Shadow has go- has going for because we didn't go in depth with a good amount of the mystery, right? We didn't go in depth with what happened in the debut work. We just mentioned that there's an antagonist, Edward. We mentioned what the shadows are, are like parasites, and we mentioned that the end of the part the part three of the season one is technically or not technically it is an anime original. So there's issue involved with the with the development of Shadows House, but we like it in general. That was good. We went into it with being anime only. I'm assuming we're going to read the manga and see what's up. It's only eight volumes. shouldn't be too much. So that's exciting. Yeah, uh, there's definitely other places where if you're really curious to see what kind of what kind of um, themes are involved in Shadowhouse. Reddit, for example, it's a good community involved with that. Weekly chapters are released. Not weekly chapters. Whenever a chapter is released, you can go on there, upvote it, you know, contribute to the actual, to the official release. Just if you enjoy it, just go and buy it, whatever. It's great stuff. But I think that's it for what I want to say about Shadow House, or at least for now, right? It's just us finishing the first season. 
and these are our immediate thoughts and the kind of things we want to talk about, which ended up leading a bit towards a bit of a mix of, you know, the actual studio, Cloverworks, what happened, but I think it's so interesting stuff in general. Yeah, overall, I think the anime was great. And going back to your point quickly about, uh, and I, I, I intentionally didn't really want to go too much into detail because the show just finished and I'm really hoping you guys watch it if you haven't already. Or if you guys have opinions for yourselves, like we'd love to hear it. But in general, I think um, it's a very like good show and really well made. And I think the the debut arc was really good because it showed each individual kind of grappling with their own strengths and weaknesses, but also like kind of coming to terms with the fact that like you know like we can't we can't just be independent. Like we have to work together to solve issues, which I think a lot of shows do. But then to some larger degree, we also see how it's like how the dolls or the humans are different from the shadows because the shadows have these powers. And then the way like John, for example, one of my favorite characters in the show is really, really sweet. What a chat, what a chat. Yeah, he like how he interacts with his master and then you see how Emiko interacts with Kate. It's, it's so different. You see the independence of each of them. I think it's so special. And like what Shadow's House, I feel like is really built off of is... And this is why I categorize Shadow, uh, Shadow's House more as like a almost like a slice of life. It's very human based, right? It's very built and steeped into relationships and the idea of like building friendships and building these relationships with others and trying to like navigate that. So, yeah, overall, really good show. I don't really have much more to say about that. Yeah, sounds good. All right, I think that's the that's the episode for today. Uh, hopefully, everyone's getting excited for this. Is being recorded right after the end of uh, 2021 spring, so not uh, yes, spring. Yeah, so. literally. Actually, this is this is being recorded the day after the last episode of Shadow House came out, and about three hours after I watched it. So <laughs> it's very recent. It's it's right there. So I. Again, like normally we would go into a lot more detail, but in this one, I just feel like I want to see more and I want to read more. And I think eventually when I finish reading it, I would actually love to do an episode on the entire thing of what I thought of the manga. But um, that'll be later down the line. Yeah, like Edward is an interesting character. Uh, I think briefly, I'm very interested in the fact that he's exceptionally loyal to Grandfather. Which yeah. is, I feel, is unique, right? Because that's very reminiscent of the dolls themselves, especially when they're being brainwashed or manipulated by grandfather's sooth. And mm-hmm. the fact that, as far as we're familiar, yes, that Edward has the face of a, and has the body of a human, but he's supposed to be his shadow's personality, he's supposed to just overwhelm Edward. So the fact mm-hmm. that the shadow also has this unyielding loyalty towards grandfather is interesting because we haven't seen any shadow like that yet we see we see that a lot in the dogs themselves but not in the shadows so i'm very it's a mystery right that i mean it's something i respect the fact he wants to help his family member right because he feels that the people that grandfather the, the patriarch of the family is surrounded with is a, just a bunch of scumbags and on what we've seen i agree with um edward <laughs> Edward yeah. has a lot of um, interesting features about him, but I don't. He has a lot of redeeming qualities, right? He's a very hard worker, and he's cares a lot about the prosperity of the house itself. Mm-hmm. So, gonna cool, cool character. So good, good antagonist. You know, he's up there. He's similar to mom, kind of, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And mom is, of course, one of the best characters in uh, Promise Neverland. So it's difficult for us mm-hmm. to not compare Promise Neverland and Shadow House, especially because one, they're from the same anime yeah. studio, and then two, they deal with kids. They have and... very similar, yeah, very similar themes. And so yeah. I think if you guys ever and um, listen to our Promise Neverland episode, which is on Spotify and Apple Music and Amazon Music, it's everywhere, you'll see that we make some similar comparisons. We talk about it very similarly and make some similar comparisons. I think that's it for, for me. Anything else you want to say? Yeah. Um, I mean, we can quickly go over like stuff we're watching, I guess, right now. And um, I think we're going to have like a, we're, we have a, we have a summer 2021 anime episode. So just watch that for what we're going to be watching. 
but I can quickly discuss what I've been reading and watching. I have no problem with that, or what I've been binging and watching. Um, yeah, I think you can do that. Go ahead, because um, I finished Shadowhawk, and that's the most recent thing I think. Besides, I did do full dive RPG, but not very good. But whatever. <laughs> I uh, I have been reading and watching a lot recently, actually, because um, I have a lot of time. So I watched Hinamatsui. That was my most recent watch. It was fantastic. And then before that, I watched. Oh my god! I think I watched Parasite before that. Yeah. And then before that, I watched Erased. And then before that, I watched Grand Blue. And then before that, I watched. Oh my god! I watched something else. I don't even remember. I I've just been watching a lot of different shows. Um, and kind of just going with Real Life. I watched Real Life. And then um, there was something else I watched in between all of that, and I don't remember. <laughs> but I've been watching a lot of different shows, and um, I've also been reading a lot of different manga. I finally got around to reading Tokyo Ghoul. I'm almost done with it. Um, and I'm reading a lot of webtoons. So I'm reading Jungle Juice. If any of you guys have heard of it, I like it a lot. I think it's good. New. I'm also reading um, The Week. Uh, not Weakest Hero. I was actually, I started Weakest Hero. Um, I've been reading this dungeon one, very similar to Soul Leveling. I can find it. Oh, I have to log in with my account. Okay, beautiful. Um, I'll look for it later. But it's basically about like an overpowered dude who goes into a, who like is stuck in a dungeon for 12 years, comes out, he's like broken, and that's it. It's really funny. So I'm reading it. Reading Unordinary. I mean, Mid-season finale, uh, mid-season finale happened recently, so we won't get new chapters until November. But I'm fine with that, honestly. And then I am going to start reading Red Hood and a manga that you recommended me. And then probably going to read Shadow's House, Monster. I have a lot on my reading list right now. So Red Hood is uh, the new Shonen Jump one. It deals with... Uh... Grimm's fairy tales and a revitalization of that, right? They take, you know, the hunter from the Red Riding Hood is an organization of hunters and they deal with these grim tale fairy tale monsters and stuff like that. So that's kind of it. A lot of people are talking about it. Of course, Nikhil is talking about it. And the one that I recommend in Nikhil is actually Chojin or something like that. It's from the. Yeah, same author that did uh, Tokyo Ghoul. Yeah, two chapters, Guff. And I'm very curious to see. I'm, I'm very curious to hear what you feel the author of Tokyo Ghoul might have learned from, you know, his time writing or their time writing Tokyo Ghoul, right? And what I'm actually I'm actually very hyped for this because I saw this on um I saw this on Twitter in May. And I didn't know it was actually gonna come out like recently, but apparently it came out like recently and I didn't know. So yeah. I'm actually probably gonna read it like tonight and then like I'll have a have a live reaction for you. Yeah, these things are really exciting. Only or the, this itself is exciting. I want to put it out there because there's a huge similarities or there's a huge connection between the author, which is who's Ishiyama, Ish, something like that. I mean, yeah, but uh, no, it's not Ishiyama. That's not ACG, something like that. They have a connection with Togashi outside of being like a fan of Togashi's work, right? Because they love Hunter Hunter, and probably also enjoy. Um, Yu Yu Hakusho, and they were also they were they were given the permission to write a one shot on Hisuka, kind of his back backstory, kind of. So that's really cool. Um, there was there was a rumor that they were the same person at one point, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. That Togashi was the author <laughs> of um, Tokyo Ghoul, vice versa. So that's that was yeah, that's funny. I I don't believe it, but it's funny. If anything, it's closer that it's closer that maybe the author of Tokyo Ghoul was an illustrator an assistant of Togashi at one point because similar mm-hmm. art style and like the author of Tokyo Ghoul is phenomenal with their art but yeah like I said it's just like Togashi and how they took um, Yu Hakusho and they refined most of the themes involved in Yu Hakusho into Hunter x Hunter I'm very interested to see what Chojin has to offer what the f- because the author of Chojin can't use everything that they learned from their time with Tokyo Ghoul take the games that they have in there because they have a skeleton built and just refine everything into Tojin and maybe it can be the next Hunter Hunter. Next as in everything that they might have made a mistake in what's it called? In Tokyo Ghoul they just they they just better. Everything that's good about mm-hmm. Tokyo Ghoul, they just redid it 
it's not like self-plagiarizing in a way, but not really. I, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. It's a good story. And then they just did it better. Similar to Lin-Manuel Miranda with um, Into the Heights and how what they did with Hamilton. Very similar theme, but just Hamilton. Oh, just I still need to watch better. Into the Heights. It's whatever. That's on my man. list. That's on my so, list. If you saw Hamilton, it's just better Into the Heights. I liked Hamilton a lot. Actually, I re- I'm planning to go watch Hamilton live um, at some point, but we can discuss this afterwards. Yeah. Um, no. But, That's the racist stuff. Nikio, he's been going on the grind. As for me, I am <laughs> not in the grind. If anything, I'm probably going to ask him what I should watch next. I don't know. I kind of want to watch Tokyo Revengers, but it's not even done yet. So it's, not done. it's a fun watch. It's a fun watch. I'd recommend it. Vivi. That's another. Oh, oh, Vivi's on my list. Actually, I need to watch Vivi. Uh, um, oh, man. Yeah. But overall, you know, just uh, just kind of grinded it out, just like kind of dabbling here and there, trying to figure out what I want to watch next, and kind of going from there. So okay, I'm taking a little bit of a break, but we'll get there. We'll get we'll get back on that grind soon enough. Yeah. Well, I hope everyone's been enjoying watching whatever they're watching or whatever they're doing. You know, just, just hope you're enjoying it. Yeah. Take care. Um. Right. Have a good. Um. Hope you guys are having a good summer. Uh. And we'll. We'll be updating you with uh with an episode coming up next uh soon hopefully uh please before we go out check us out on YouTube Anime House we're up there when you see it you'll see a lot of RDC World videos unfortunately <laughs> we we love RDC World out here yeah, I'm a big true. fan of them they have uh they have uh videos titled Anime House this so it's the first one that comes up so I'd recommend typing Anime House Demon Slayer. And that'll take you to our first episode, actually. And then yeah. you can just go through our content there. So we're on YouTube. Um, we're also recently on Amazon Prime. For those of you who have Amazon or who use Amazon Music, we're on there, too. Um, we're also on Apple Music. Um, we recently got that up and going and Google uh, Google Music. Um, we finally got that uh, up, updated and finally got part of our fix. So please, please, please check us out on all of those platforms if you haven't already. And obviously, Spotify is there. And we also have a Twitter. I think I believe it's it's a little it's spelled a little weirdly. It's not actually hub. So I'd recommend looking for our our handle. Our handle's at anime H U six five seven one seven one five two. A little complicated. You can also search up anime underscore house. That is our username. But looking at our I look finding our handle might be easier. Yeah, I think it's also on our YouTube, right? It's also yeah, it's also on YouTube. It's on it's everywhere. So you can easily find it on YouTube and just click the link, it'll take you directly there and you can just drop us a follow. And then you can also tweet at us. Like we're open to tweet that. We're yeah. open to suggestions, comments, concerns. Um if you have any, tweet at us, email us, hubanime at gmail.com. If you want to talk about Shadowhouse. <laughs> if you want to talk about Shadowhouse. But yeah, please check us out. We'd love to hear from you guys. That I think would be really, really fun. So all right, take care of it. Bye.